Hello and welcome to another episode, yet another episode of Bullet Points, the podcast where we get together and we talk about the video games that we're playing and uh, and we try to make sure that you shoot some sort of projectile in them. Um, we're not perfect, God knows, but we, we do our best. We do our best to stay on theme. Today, I am joined only, only by one member of bullet points edward yeehaw smith how are you <laughs> i'm i'm good thank you i'm thank uh i'm really good reed um rootin tootin macarthur um every time someone wrote rootin tootin in a review or coverage of this game and i did see it very often I don't. It was like a sort of uh, knee jerk, <laughs> uh, just kind of nauseous reaction to rootin' tootin'. Yeah, and I, as soon as I saw rootin' tootin' in a review, I was, I was out. Just hit that, hit that big old X at the top right, and <laughs> back away from that review. Um, I can't remember where it was. Some someone called it like. The rootinest, tootinest time you can have on your PlayStation or something like that. Yeah. Which I feel like as a sentiment is not only gibberish but misses the point of the game because it's not very rootin' tootin'. <laughs> no. It's not like paint. It's not paint your wagon. No. It's more like McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is definitely you know, the rootin' tootin' McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a an action game all the time it's not a, a easy going fun time experience is it have we even very often you know what may help the listener of this uh, podcast who well they clicked on the link theoretically that <laughs> um, <laughs> they've seen the title but we are talking about red dead redemption 2 which for those following along at home, is the second Red Dead Redemption video game by Rockstar. It's interesting Studios. because the f- I think the first game that we ever did on bullet points was the original Red Dead Redemption, at least on the written component of bullet points, was the that, first Red Dead Redemption. That is a hundred percent true. Um, so this felt like significant. This this felt like a bit of a watershed moment, or like the culmination of something. That's why we couldn't have Astrid or any guests on this episode. It had to be only you and I, so that if it got a little... If we started thinking about old times uh, and got nostalgic, it wouldn't alienate any of our guests. Or our fellow editors. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and we picked, so it's kind of interesting to do this too because we picked the first Red Dead as the first game we covered because it's a game that you can uh, say a lot about, which is not always the case, unfortunately, with with the kind of video games that uh, come across our, <laughs> come across the bullet points. Reality. Um, kind of, yeah. The kind of video games that exist on this plane of existence, yeah. generally. And this isn't to say I like Red Dead Redemption a lot. 
there are a lot of things I don't like about it. Um, but it is a game that has, I think, uh, a lot to chew on. I think there's a lot to write about it. I feel likewise with Red Dead Redemption 2. It feels like a game that we don't get enough of where there are characters and themes and, uh, you know, there are different, lots of different elements of this game that you can look at, which God is, is again, the low bar, right? But it, it clears it. It is a game that you can talk about without feeling silly for wanting to talk about it at length, I think. I actually, I actually think that it, it more than clears the bar, this one. I, I was talking to a friend about this game, and we were talking about how exciting we found it to, to play. To, it was the first game that we remembered. It was the first game in a while where we felt like we were thinking about it while we were at work. I agree. Or, you know, anticipating playing it and being excited as to what would come next. And he, the, the, the friend I was talking to likened it to... You know, like an ongoing TV series, like a, a, a long-form HBO or AMC drama or something like that. And I, I, I wrote something on Twitter about how I it felt novelistic. And I, I didn't mean novelistic in the sense of, you know, it had necessarily the, the written quality of a great novel, but it, it unfolded at a slow pace. And every yeah. time I picked it up, I felt like I, I was advancing through not just the game in a sort of missions mechanical sense but advancing through a plot and advancing through um, characters and their relationships and I, I, I think it's 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 achieving a lot of it, it, it's achieving things that I in my erstwhile career as a full time game critic would often pine for and achieving things that I didn't imagine either it's like it, it, it's it's managed to do things that um, to me, I were conceptually very, very difficult, um, but they've they've managed them. The people making this game have managed them, and I th- there are there are times of this game where I'm I'm absolutely in awe of it, and I I feel you know like I'm I'm playing something that's exciting in the in the same way that maybe Portal was when that was first released, when that was exciting. Um, at the same time, I I also find Red Dead Redemption two. Uh, there are parts of it that really fall flat and there are parts of it that actually like it, it, as much as it epitomizes and uh, you know emblazons and is emblematic of a lot of kind of progress being made in terms of how a video game can can exist and work and, and um, be presentationally impressive I think as well as doing all of those things it's also an example of um not just how far games haven't come, but how sort of fundamentally and formally unprepared they are for certain things, and how there are, there are conversations that have just not even started yet, and and how the the sort of the precept and the the structure of a video game as we currently know it is is completely sort of contrapuntal, if you like, to some of Red Dead Redemption 2's other ambitions and I I find it equally sort of you know heartening and and exciting as kind of frustrating and a little sad there are parts of it that mm-hmm. make it a bit sad that it's that it's just not capable of 
relinquishing some of the things that I think are holding it back. Um, what are some which of the things? Really, which is, sorry, it's a, a really long form and like unasked for opinion. I'm sorry. What? Um, <laughs> hey, what are some of those things? Um, Ed, I, w- I want to hear your opinion of this game. You may be <laughs> surprised to <laughs> surprised to know kind of the nature of yeah yeah. Um, so, what are some of the things that are holding you back? It's just it's 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 stuff that's it's. I can remember I can remember as a child I can remember as a child boasting to my sister about something I'd done really well in one of my English classes. I'd I'd written an, an essay or a short story or something that was that was really impressive to my teacher. And as a sort of challenge, because she was, I think, a little annoyed that I was getting attention or, or was trying to get attention for having written this thing, she said, Okay, like okay, genius. Uh describe orange as in the colour orange. And I was just like, uh you know, she said, describe <laughs> orange without using the colour without using the word orange. I was like, uh, uh-huh. I don't know. And the things, the things about Red Dead Redemption Two, that I find not, you know, irksome isn't the right word, but kind of lamentable. And and uh, as somebody who really wants to enjoy the game and praise the game, things that I find, you know, are, are obstacles to that. It's kind of like trying to describe Orange because I, it, they're, they're things that are so kind of video game intrinsic and video game ingrained that the the language is not developed to even you know begin discussing them because these are things that are just taken for granted but there are so many i think the best word that anyone's got for them is like video gameisms and um i'm i'm kind of loath to use that word because it, it doesn't encompass really anything it's it, you know it's, it's it's a pretty useless word but there are just times where um i'm not saying that red dead redemption 2 i i you know i disagree with people who compare it straightforwardly to say you know it is like filmic um, even though I compared it to a novel, I don't think it's novelistic in the sense of, um, uh, you know, the, the experience of playing it isn't anything like reading a novel. I don't think it's anything like watching a film or anything like watching a TV show. Um, but so I, w- I wouldn't say that you know its its ambitions towards filmicism are being held back. But I think it's trying to be. Um, uh, a, a type of video game that doesn't exist yet, you know, like better than every other video game, basically, but is 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 failing at that because it's still adhering to or kind of forced to adhere to um, these these kinds of traditional and trad video gameisms that that the language just hasn't developed to to kind of counter yet. So hmm. I'm I'm wailing on, but as, as an example, it's just. <laughs> When you it, and it, it's, it's kind of self-defeating. I think Red Dead Redemption Two is kind of self-defeating. So, for example, when you've got like one of its, I, I think, greatest, if perhaps not its greatest quality, is uh, sorry, are the the sequences where you're at the camp, you know, with with you and your compadres, and you know, mm-hmm. before or after some sort of job, and you're you know, like singing and drinking and, and conversing, and. Although it doesn't feel like real life, it's not like you're having conversations in the nature that you would have a conversation with somebody in reality. Um, I don't think it just feel, I don't think the conversations feel alive just compared to other video games. I think the conversations feel alive and sort of convincing in the way that you know a conversation on a TV show feels convincing, or a conversation in a book can feel convincing. You know, I don't think anyone talks like they do in real life on the TV or you know on the on the cinema screen and i think yeah in red dead redemption 2 they're as convincing conversations and like back and forth and dynamics and relationships as i've seen in you know like good literature or, or, or good movies 
but because it because it manages to do that and because it feels so organic sometimes and so dynamic sometimes and so off the cuff and it can really surprise you from time to time with how much it seems to be paying attention to your actions so I did a mission where I hate calling the missions. It seems, again, like that's just one example. Actually. Yeah. It seems inappropriate to call some of the things you do in Red Dead Redemption through missions. That seems like a kind of retrograde and BS term. For what you do <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did, I did a job or a level or whatever where me and uh, the the Dutch character and the Hosea character were on a lake fishing, and after we'd finished fishing, we rowed back to shore. Oh, right. Whilst we were rowing, broke broke into a sort of bawdy chorus um this song about you know uh burning the potatoes and i got burned as well because it's like he has sex with somebody it's this bawdy kind of laddish song and the three characters were singing it as we were rowing back to shore after fishing and then in game and you know while i'm playing time passes and it comes to nightfall and i walk past Hosea's tent and i can hear him inside singing the song that we'd been singing on the lake in his sleep (laughs) and that was like a perfectly incidental moment that you know you could easily miss but it's that bit of like you know it acknowledges what you've done and it it happens on the fly it happens off the cuff and it it gives the character that kind of that little bit of bite and traction and believability right and the world likewise so once you've established that the game is doing all those things the reason it the, the reason it's also a curse is because when something happens, like, you know, you've got three characters who are riding in a line in their, on their horses, and one kind of, in that really, like, again, video game sort of angular, glitchy way that sort of, like, suddenly turns into another one. And then, like, the horse goes up on a right angle without even, like, animating or something. Mm. Or, you know, a line of dialogue cuts off so another one can start. So the, the, the characters will be saying, like, what do you think of Lenny? Well, I think Lenny is a... Go ride up here. You know what I mean? Mm Because they're directing you to an objective. And when things like that happen, which are just normal, you know, video game kind of foibles, in context of everything that's gone before it, all of these like wonderful and really convincing moments, they seem that much more stark. And that was one of the, the big kind of stumbling blocks and kind of boundaries, I think, between me and Red Dead Redemption 2. It was, it was sometimes so, not convincing, but, you know, such, uh, uh, well, well laid out and well written and well presented fiction. That when it was broken by this this kind of quite natural, you know, cog turning, becoming visible, um, it was all the more disruptive to the experience. That's that's a really long. No, no, that's spiel there. The only problem with that being long is that there are like three or four different points of what you were saying that I want to talk to you about, and I'm gonna forget some of them. But the one thing about the kind of video gamey things that pop up that that seem like they when you have such like a carefully constructed illusion or whatever going on uh, with like the really deliberate, um, very very detailed animations and everything, and then you know say uh, Arthur bends down naturally to pick something up from the ground. But then if you just move the stick the wrong way, he side shuffles or, you know, turns around on the spot like a, like no one would ever do. Um, he seems like an alien or something. But these kind of things, I was thinking, and what you were saying too about all of this in relation to uh, film 
which I know you're not saying that it is like a film, but I think that's the common thing. And Julie Munty wrote a piece that at the time we're recording this, it just went up today. So it's really fresh in my mind. Um, and she brings up uh, the point with this. And I, and I think it's true for video games that they are more, there's maybe more in common with theater when you're sort of dictating where you're looking, you're sort of, um, it's not as controlled as a film that's going to be the same when you're watching it. Uh, one thing I think about this is the, another aspect of theater is allowing the imperfections and the limitations to sort of fade away as being part and parcel of what you're experiencing. So, you know, in, in a film, maybe I might notice if they said we're on the sea and the sea is just some people holding blue crepe paper and, and you know, moving it up and down. But in a the theater, I'm more likely to say, okay, that's the sea. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that sort of stuff, and I, th- because I agree with you that these things are, they kind of jar you. And they throw you out of it a bit, but at the same time, I think they are, there are elements of video games that will always be there. So it's more so like you want the elements that can be controlled, like the performances and uh, direction in terms of even in, in, I think Red Dead, even when you're just riding around doing nothing is a very well directed game, just in how... Uh, the landscape is laid out uh, the way that the camera can, even when you're changing different viewpoints, um, often gives you these really gorgeous vistas when you enter an area um, that are purposeful to make you feel confined or make you feel like you're in all this open space and can just sort of go as fast as you want, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's important to focus on those aspects that can be controlled as much as possible and these sort of video gamey things are just they're just going to be there you know i but i i think people are maybe too forgiving of them a lot of the time well i don't i don't hold red dead redemption to to account for those things you know it's it's not like i i i'm not criticizing the game i'm not i'm not saying that it's a worse game for them i'm saying that there's something there's something that i i wish weren't lost being lost yeah. as a result of them and that's not that's not you know to the not really to the detriment of the game because you know i when i'm playing it i'm i'm perfectly like you were describing i'm 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 absolutely committed to sort of mentally upholding and playing along with the fiction and appreciating it as a as an abstract as opposed to you know like a a recreation and i, I i'm not expecting one to one verisimilitude or anything like that mm-hmm. um i think that they they are and they are they are kind of you know like symbolic and that the sort of microcosmic examples of something a little greater which is like the other thing with Red Dead Redemption 2 is um, the, the, the nature of, of some of the things you're expected to do as a player is contrary or are contrary to some of the things that you're expected to believe about Arthur Morgan, the character, as a kind of audience member. Um, I, I think that... I kind of disagree with that. 
I think we should get into that well, more. Uh, yeah. So my my, for example, you know, like the the the, the real, the thrust of the story is this idea that we're being, you know, the, the gang is being encircled and pursued by the law and hounded and harangued and that their kind of way of life is is uh, dying a death um, uh, but if their way of you know their, their way of life is is often kind of summarized by you know, yeah like lawlessness and living off the land and uh, having your own code as opposed to you know like a kind of federal code mm. um, but it's it's perfectly cap- you know it's perfectly possible and again, I don't say this is a criticism because as, as as I'm playing the game, this doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really bother me. But if we're gonna if we're gonna really like autopsy this thing, um, it's perfectly possible when you're playing the game to you know commit like X amount of murders and then just go and you know pay the bounty office and the law will leave you alone. So the 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 cut and thrust of the character there is you know is is like significantly undermined by what you're doing. I mean I I know that this is an age old video game argument, but when I said mm-hmm. it, we're still not quite. It seems like we've not developed the apparatus to really contend with something like this. This is what I I mean. And the other thing is is yeah is like it's it's maybe a little more subtle, but I think that one of the really valuable and and interesting and 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 engaging things about not just Arthur as a character, but all of the characters, I think, in the game, or, the, or all the central characters in the game, is um, you know a vulnerability and a humanity and a humaneness and, mm-hmm. and a, a sort of understanding and appreciation of them as people with uh, you know drives that we recognise from from ourselves. And again, that I think is <coughs> is significantly drained by what you do as a player there's there, there is something and again i i go back to we've not quite got the language and not quite got the apparatus but there is something i think that's really quite not disappointing and not not disheartening but something that's and not even deflating but something that is i, I guess hard to reconcile and something um kind of confusing about spending a lot of time talking to other characters and watching cutscenes and, and, and kind of breathing in a lot of the sort of ambience of and the mean if you like you've read the redemption too and then going on to a level and seeing this guy who we're meant to appreciate as you know vulnerable and, and, and humane you know survive being shot like 15 times uh, 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 and kill 20 people single handed and then really make very little in terms of you know remark about that to anybody and I and I know that stuff, sure, yeah. I know that, I know that that's you know it, it's the nature of the beast. But my point is that that I think you know if 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 you want if you know to achieve the things that I I, I think that Ro- that Red Dead Redemption Two mostly does achieve, but to achieve them in you know more greatly, to achieve them in uh, you know, more intensely, to achieve them more convincingly, because I think it does so many things um, that are really new and interesting and really and really quite powerful but to, to do them even 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 greater it, it, it would it would mean contending with these kinds of things it would mean contending yeah. with these 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 questions and i i i kind of resist i think um calling the game you know like a, a, a great push forward you know totally at least because it these things are, are yet to be contended with and i i, I, I really 
I really hate talking like that because it makes it sound like all video games are kind of on the same team and like there's a trajectory and a, and a, and a, and a dialectic and, and we've got like milestones and goals that were expected and needed to reach. I don't really mean it like that, but I think that, yeah, there's just there's just things that um, are still, I still feel kind of unresolved in like the soul, if you like, of, of this game. Well, see, the, like this is interesting to me because I think... And we, we've talked in the past about some of the... I think you and I are generally on the same page with really liking sort of a whole era of Rockstar games. Um, kind of like Manhunt and Grand Theft Auto 4 and the first Red Dead and L.A. Noir and uh, Max Payne 3. Or at least, I don't know, those are the ones that... I, I think those are all pretty excellent games. Um, and then Grand Theft Auto 5 felt like this aberration or or could have felt like it was maybe the other games were more accidental than they seemed because uh, they seemed very intentional and very carefully thought out and the ways that all of those games one thing that they had in common was there was some willingness to not be the same not to follow every convention in order to more fully sort of be what they were trying to be or to say what they were trying to say um you know i think about things like all the downtime that you spend driving around in la noir seems important to that game uh gives it a level of uh you know makes it makes it seem more like this an actual occupation which i think this game was trying to do rather than just be uh sort of high intensity drama i think grand theft auto 4 one of the things that people make fun of a lot is, you know, your cousin calling you all the time to hang out and your various friends. But I think that game, to a large extent, was trying to say, this is, in you establishing yourself in this completely new environment, part of it is maintaining these ad hoc social networks that you've set up, right? Trying to trying to give enough time to your friends and, and to your family and to your uh, loved ones and blah, 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 blah. And, all these games kind of had that and then Grand Theft Auto 5 came out and it felt like it was mostly a game of saying I know you're all a bit tired of that let's just give you what we think you want um and then Red Dead comes out or Red Dead 2 comes out and this game right away felt like oh, okay they're pushing back a bit more again or they're willing to use their position as we're going to sell this game anyway people are going to buy it no matter what it is um to and i'm not saying some avant-garde masterpiece or something but just the ability to do things like when you're in a camp we want you to listen to these people and feel like you're hanging out with them so you cannot run you can't run around like a moron smashing things and um when you are going through an environment to to sort of pick a clean of of food and medicine and ammunition and money you have to watch him go through people's you know uh, pockets or go through their drawers and bit by bit and it has some of this stuff and, and there are more things like this uh, across it but it has these things that are saying it's more important to us that you feel a certain way than that you are gratified constantly that everything is bending to you and i wonder about some of the stuff that you're talking about if it's still a question though of you can go further with that 
and maybe there's a balancing act between still wanting this to be something that feels gratifying to a certain extent you know you're still going to have your missions you're still going to have your upgrades you're still some of these things that maybe seem a little bit like they're i don't know appendages <laughs> like like they're they're just like weird evolutionary holdovers that are just hanging on to it but that they don't want to be too they don't want to completely change what you're expecting from an open world game but they're willing to do some things to make it I don't know, I'm rambling on. Do you know what I mean by this? No, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. And it's, I think that that's a really apt metaphor, this idea of, I don't know, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 still has its appendix. Um, and I, I, there's a point you made before, you know, about how there was kind of, taking back some of what has has been given to players and to audiences, taking some of that away uh, and replacing it with what, you know, the people making the game actually want to, to do. I think, yeah, that was that was true of, of Grand Theft Auto 4 and the original Red Dead Redemption and, and Alien Noir and Max Payne 3 and of this game. And I think, I think a really good example of how that's sort of become more embedded and how that's even more apparent in in the game that we're discussing right now is you you know you mentioned the the cousin character in Grand Theft Auto 4 and if you remember you know you used to have to kind of pull up a a phone in game and like dial a number or pick him from you know your dress book and you'd call him then you have to drive it and it was something that you did in between missions if you chose to right mm -hmm. and every time you replayed the game if you ever replayed Grand Theft Auto 4 the first time you call your cousin and go out to do something you will have this conversation the second time you'll have this conversation the third time it's this conversation it always played out exactly the same way and I, I it was something that you did between missions it was something you did optionally it was something that became a kind of running joke about Grand Theft Auto 4 now that stuff that kind of hanging out with the characters is you know absolutely part and parcel of what you do in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's, it's embedded. It's ingrained. It's, it's not necessarily... It feels it, but I don't think it is optional. You know, there are, there, are, there are missions, like entire missions dedicated to just going out for a drink with someone or, or going fishing or going horse riding. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time that you're encouraged to spend at the camp in various ways encouraged to spend at the camp. And yeah, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders with these people. It, it, it feels like a really valuable way to spend your time in the game. It feels more valuable than, uh, you know, like completing a, a bounty hunter assignment or, or hunting down treasure. It feels like a better thing to do. And I think that that speaks to some kind of advancement somewhere. You know, even if it's just like better writing or even if it's just, you know, adding that ability to, to hold down L2 and press greet. Um, I, I think like the amount of audio recorded for this game is staggering and the the concession that they make as in you know we're going to record hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of audio and it's very possible that a lot of people won't hear almost most of it but we don't care mm. Mm -hmm. because we we think it's going to play, pay off i think that that's a really interesting um and and committed creative decision and well it's that's again that's that oh sorry no no no, go on. I was just going to say, it, it reminds me of, and I, I know you still haven't played it, um, 
but The Witcher 3 has a similar kind of ethos to it of this is all here um, and <laughs> it's like the, the resources were uh, funneled to a great degree into having so much writing, having so many conversations and um, that, that were more unique, less like the Roman and GTA 4 uh, you know it'll always be like this uh more to give you the impression it's like instead of like you know the that skyrim thing where they were like well we invented a system where you will always run into a quest no matter where you are but it was like turned out to be just some bugs or not bugs but like spiders or something like running at you and someone saying oh no kill them and then you kill the spiders and they're saying look it you can do that forever um, instead of investing in that kind of resource of, of you know, the, the quote-unquote content, this is, like, stuff that's actually saying, well, if we, if we make more, if we put more resources toward actually making the world feel like these, there are people walking around doing things and, and um, trying to increase the amount that you're willing to, like, suspend your disbelief to think that these are actual people who have their own trajectory um, seems more important. But the other thing about both Witcher 3 and and Red Dead, and this is sort of a, a bit of a side note, but it feels weird not to mention it, is when you have this money and you, uh, you know, far they're far from the only studio guilty of this, but they're in the limelight for it um, around Red Dead's release. But if you're willing to... Uh, to have a studio culture where you're you're driving a vast workforce into the ground um, in, in the name of breadth, then you can do that. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like it, it's so sometimes I wonder about the idea of saying, well, it's fantastic that there's just so much, um, and and not so much in the usual like gamery terms that the map is this big, but so much in terms of there's so much detail and, and that extends to the writing and the acting and, and everything. But that seems like it's, it's, um, it's something that you can't say is the way games should be almost, or, or, or that's the way to do an open world game because wow. it also speaks to, but I don't know. And then at the same time too, I think, well, I if you're going to have, don't know about that. I, I'm like half. I'm I'm very much like thinking out loud about this, but like I think also to an extent, I'd rather have these studios that are enormous leverage the strength of having so many people to write more and to um, make more detail rather than make things as expansive as they can possibly be. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Say what you were gonna say though. I'm, let well, I, just, us... I don't think it makes me. I don't think it makes me like an arsehole to you know appreciate Red Dead Redemption 2's breadth and depth, and to and to say I think it's you know something I'd like to see more of, just because, um, the you know the means by which it was produced, you know, I, that. Uh, no, that's... I, I like I like I like the bell jar, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though the author killed herself. Right, I still think it's a great book. I, I I know that these things are obviously the product of uh, whatever you know, struggle and and, and pain. Um, but I I 
one I don't really feel particularly qualified to speak on whoever's you know, corporate and working practices um, uh, and two I, I I don't really feel like I ought to be responsible for thinking about that while I'm playing the game I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm missing something or, or being like ignorant if I'm not considering the individuals who made the game necessarily while I'm playing it. I bring this up because I, I would also agree with, I think it's important to cover these things. I think it's it's uh, separate in many cases. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to spend a long time on this to the, you know, to not doing it. I think there's things like, um, you know, Yusuf Cole wrote this review of Detroit Become Human. Um, where he integrated with his reading of the game itself, which has a lot to do with with <laughs> the idea of uh, of work and and sort of like um, like being ground down by something and humanity and and how the rich control access to to or or how they can like sort of gatekeep people's lives and blah 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 and it tried to do this big slavery analogy that was all ham-fisted but anyway he wrote this review that talked about the game railing against all of this but then also the labor practices of the studio that made it being apparently horrendous so i think that's an example of how you can talk about these two things in, in one place i don't think it's i don't think it's required in every case um I bring it up here because we're talking about a game like this and we're talking about the strengths of it being in large part something that feels like the strength that you get from a large workforce, you know? Um, and part of what I was going to say about that too is that it's it's something... I think you can look at the ills of like the mainstream game system and there's a lot of ills for it, but at its core it should be the idea that you're leveraging the fact that you have so many people because you have so much money that you can employ more people, spend more time on things. And a lot of times it seems like that's that leads to just grandiosity for the sake of it. That doesn't actually make things more impressive. But in a case like, I think in Red Dead, you get a case of there's like a, a better flow toward it. There's a better direction toward how it's used. That doesn't make sense. But it, no, it does make sense, and I I, I agree. I, I feel like um, the sleight of hand trick here is that obviously it's it takes hundreds of people working excruciatingly in sort of I think you know life and maybe happiness prohibitively long hours to make something like this, and yet it feels at the same time quite kind of of one mind and cogent and. <clears throat> and um, it's like the, the, the sort of committee element adds to it without detracting from it, at least when the game's at its best, that's how it feels. Um, I think that there were times when I used to play, you know, like a, a sandbox game or a Rockstar game, and I would have to, if I wanted the fiction, if I wanted the character, if I wanted the narrative to be consistent and to be convincing there are a lot of gaps that I had to fill in in my own imagination, there are a lot of things that mm. I had to imagine the characters doing off screen 
mm-hmm. in order to maintain their reality. Whereas in Red Dead Redemption 2, although that might be still sometimes true, I feel like a lot of that stuff is actually happening now in front of my eyes. Um, I used to, you know, even as a 12-year-old, I used to find it really, really jarring that none of the characters in my Grand Theft Auto games would change their clothes. Mm-hmm. And just little things like, okay, now, now the characters swap outfits occasionally and look different. I used to find it, you know, curious that no one seemed to go to bed, yada, you know, and, and so on and so on. And there's all these, just, just to say them in report, to, to, to like dispassionately list them, it makes you sound like uh, a compulsive and like a pedantic. Yeah, no, I know you but mean. Ac- but actually, actually, the effect of their absence is it, it can make a game, well, in my experience, it can make a game hollow and the effect of their presence can really, really flesh it out. Um, well, this I is. Think it's almost like the difference between a convincing and an unconvincing movie performance. You know, like what what a, what a James Gandolfini can just do with you know the movement of like his eyes is the difference between you know the Sopranos and like a soap opera. And although it's like a tiny little thing, it it really echoes. This is something I wanted to talk to you about in terms of at the beginning too when you described this game as being or said novelistic, or like a season of a TV show. Um, because novelistic is actually, I, I think that's a, a good way to put it, and that's, I think I, I described it to someone that way as well, as, as it had the feeling of being a very long book that I was... Before before you before you go on this, can I, just, can I just quickly, quickly, quickly explain what prompted me to think of that word? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was one scene. So, if you remember how Red Dead Redemption One ends, which is Jack Marston shooting the FBI agent Edgar Ross by the river, mm-hmm. and then there's a scene in Red Dead Redemption Two where you take bait, you know, like six-year-old Jack Marston out fishing. Who has the worst voice? As Arthur Morgan. That kid. Yeah. <laughs> and well, while you're out, while you're out fishing by a river, who mm-hmm. should come along but you know a younger Edgar Ross? And it was just this kind of like meeting of images, you know, Jack Marston and Edgar Ross next to River. And then, you know, like 12 or 15 years later, those those two will meet in the same place again. And that's that felt like quite a novelistic kind of, you know, flick of the wrist. So that was that was the, the moment that prompted me to think of that word. Sorry, carry on. Uh, I, I think of it in part based on uh, atmosphere and uh, length, but length not in... Not in terms of you can play um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and it'll take you 80 hours to get through, but you don't feel like you're on, which is funny considering the, the name of the game, and, and I enjoyed that game, but I you don't feel like you're on a journey. You're, you don't feel like you're, um, the characters change, but they don't change gradually in, in sort of naturalistic ways. Um, this This game very much feels like here are these characters you are not learning about them from childhood you know you you don't need to you're having a selection of what you need to understand about these characters and who they are um like it's introduced with them on the run and you have this big ensemble cast and you're figuring out as you go who these people are um and the same thing with arthur as well who i think kind of bucks the idea of in, in this game, I, I've always found it a bit 
weird. I understand the tendency toward it, but when you say I did this in this game, I think in Red Dead 2 it feels even stranger to say I went and rode my horse over here. Um, I think that's like part of the vocabulary of how we talk about games now, but in this game it doesn't, it very much feels like Arthur did this. Um, Arthur did that. Because you are not you, you are this character. And this game is very much the story of uh, should remind as well. I don't know. I feel like we ended up doing this sometimes, but we talk about all the plot points. So um, I want to talk about stuff as it goes forward in this game. Um, but Arthur is is a character who you are seeing sort of in his final days or, or final weeks. Um, you're meeting this man, and this becomes clear as it goes on that that this is a story about someone dying you know this is a story and and you could say the same for red dead redemption one but i think it's in this game it's it's a lot more prolonged and it's uh you know you find out arthur has tuberculosis maybe halfway through the game and then you spend the last half of the game or a quarter of the game whatever it is with him slowly dying and getting worse and worse um which is pretty unique for a game to have that kind of structure, but this this game, uh, one of the other reasons I feel it's novelistic is is the way it uses its time. Um, a, a book may give you a page at the beginning of a chapter or something um, describing the setting uh, and trying to evoke it as vividly, or you know, not always, not everything is about realism, but trying to evoke the feeling or whatever kind of feeling the author wants you to have of this setting uh, by by pushing the narrative to the side for just a minute, you know, or the plot to the side for just a minute and saying, you know, this is what the weather was like, this is what the, the setting of the scene was like. Uh, games probably feel like they can shorthand that by just having you be in the same place all the time, but you don't get a sense of why that place is informing what the game is about whereas red dead will say you're gonna you know take arthur riding on a horse for 15 minutes and it's gonna make you feel this way um you're not picking the music you're listening to it's it's the soundtrack that the game um has designed for these moments happening uh all of these things take place sort of gradually rather than it being like you're being um, just shunted along the plot, like this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. This game very much feels like I don't know. I'm like getting tripped up trying to describe this, but uh, it, it's just the no. way it's the way it moves, the way it gives attention to to saying more than what am I doing right now. It's saying what are you, how are you supposed to be feeling, or what are you supposed to be thinking about right now. And I think it does that yeah. very well, considering how it's, you know, a free-form game that you can play any way you like, or any way you like in terms of you can fish for three hours and then do one mission, and then, you know, I think it's remarkable how well it guides that experience into making sure that you're feeling roughly the same things when it wants you to, how well it controls that, considering the, the freedom of it. 
I, I think that's really true. I, I think it's a 60-hour it's a mood piece. And the plot is kind of rote and, you know, well-trodden ground, I think, for the Western. And some of the characters are really familiar from, you know, like a, a, a Sam Peckinpah or maybe a, even a Sergio Leone film or something like that. Um, mm. But that doesn't really matter because it is, it, I think it is, it's a film, that, a film, sorry, a game that's about, yeah, like you said, what, it, what you're feeling and how it's kind of directing those feelings. I think it is um, a, a very, a, you know, an, an intensely moody game. And I, I think that though that that is apparent in various sequences. I think that like there's, there's so many scenes where various moods are evoked. Um, when you go and, and like take a bath, and and you know he's alone, and that kind of soft music plays, and you have the option to sort of you know scrub yourself and lie in the bath. Um, when you you know wake up at the camp, and uh, you can go and like make a cup of coffee and stand and look at the lake, and maybe. Know Dutch is there, and you can have a brief conversation about you know what what are we going to do, or you know how are you feeling, um, mm-hmm. like all of these all of these things, and and they again like in isolation they seem trivial, and they seem like things that you may have even done in a game before, but the, the but they're not because because the way that they're packaged and presented and sort of designed and written, and um, the way that they're they're structured is, is really new. It's 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 really different, and I I think that it's such an effective you know, evocation of mood. And you, what you're talking about with Arthur's death, I come back to a film I think I mentioned at the start of the show, which was McCabe and Mrs. Have you seen McCabe and Mrs. Miller? No. The the Robert Altman. Warren Beatty Western. So there's there's basically the 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 eponymous McCabe dies at the end of the film, and it's I, I I it's like a it's a true death. He he you know he wanders out into the snow and he's injured and uh, you know eventually sort of collapses in the snow but doesn't die and just sort of sits there for a while and and dies out in the snow while everyone else is distracted doing other things and he sort of just dies alone in the snow very slowly not not necessarily like painfully and not really very cinematically he just sort of sits still and we don't get like close-ups of his face we don't really see his emotions we just see this guy like huddled and dying whilst mrs miller is is um unconscious with opium and everyone else in the village is about their business and it's it is like it's a true death it's really really somber and i think that yeah, the the sort of death of Arthur Morgan as it as it takes place over many 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 hours of the game, and the fact that it's off tuberculosis, mm-hmm. you know, which which for the nineteenth century is I, I guess quite pedestrian as a way to die, um, and and by twenty first century standards, you know, like archaic as mm-hmm. a way to die. I think yeah that that is that is like one of the ultimate the game's ultimate evocations of mood. It's it is that quite doer. Yeah, uh, uh, somber, <laughs> true death. Um, and then, and it, I, yeah, it, it's it's a game about how you feel as opposed to what you do. I think that's a really nice way that you put it. Well, I think it's part of this too is the control it it manages over these things. When when you the sequence where Arthur is diagnosed with tuberculosis. Um, 
I'd kind of noticed this, but I, I thought maybe it was just something I hadn't noticed as much before, but he coughs pretty often. Um, and there's actually a point in the game where you can see when he contracted the tuberculosis, which is these missions, which are fantastic. I think some of the most interesting, um, not hammer you over the head with it, but sure do make you feel a certain way when you go to collect money from these, uh, from these people who owe money to the gang and, and often do not have any money to pay you. And I think the first one you go to is this, uh, Polish guy whose his wife has left him or has died. I can't, I can't remember for sure, but you go to, to take his money and he has nothing to give you and you walk around his house sort of going through all his cabinets and he's trying to hide something and you go and you find, I think it's a pocket watch that he had brought with him. The only thing he had brought with him from Poland because it was in his family and Arthur kind of you know, snatches it away and says, don't borrow money if, if, if you can't pay it back or something. And, um, and you have to control it and you feel complicit, but it's, it's Arthur doing this, you know, he's the one talking. Um, but he, he gets tuberculosis like very fittingly from doing one of these missions where there's a man who just cannot pay up. And I think his wife and son say that he's sick, like leave him alone and uh you beat him up anyway in his in his cornfield i think and he spits in arthur's face and he spits blood on him and arthur just wipes it off and you go on your way um but you realize that 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 guy uh, had tuberculosis and you beat him and made him bleed and spit blood onto your face onto arthur's face and so that's how he contracts it so it's you know something that it's very fitting. It's good. I, I like the way that that's done. Um, but anyway, uh, the sequence where you get tuberculosis, the game stops everything. You've been sort of the story at this point. You feel like you're you're on something of an upswing. Um, like, like the gang is is getting ready to make another bigger move. If I'm remembering the chronology of this right, and then you're in the uh, New Orleans surrogate and. Arthur's vision gets all cloudy and he collapses in the street and it goes into first person view and someone drags you into the the doctors and it's just this quiet scene where the doctor says I'm sorry you have tuberculosis uh, there's nothing I can do for you you know you could try resting and move to a different climate and Arthur says he can't do that and then you the mission ends and you go out and I think you just stand in the street and the camera just kind of lingers on him walking down the street looking haggard and depressed um and and it's this great thing of the game saying sort of removing agency from you and then it allows you to start doing what you want to do again after but arthur does not his facial expression he he starts looking more and more uh drawn kind of as the game goes on um Anyway, again, rambling. But it's it, everything you're describing, I think, is um, illustrative of of what makes the game worth uh, anyone's attention. Um, because it is it is such a occasionally, you know, really a really potent mood piece. I think it, it can be a really emotional game. 
Uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've smiled. While I, and I, 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 that's a kind of bullshit critical metric to say, oh, you know, I cry while I'm playing it. I smile while I'm playing it. Um, I smile and cry when I play anything. Constantly. See, but, but I don't. No, I actually I, don't. I'm, I mean, I... I um, but there, being, were, there were I'm times in Red Dead Redemption 2... Oh, you're being funny. I'm sorry. I, uh-huh. You forgot sorry. to laugh at my joke. Forgot to laugh. It's, it's too sardonic. I, um... Yeah, there, there, there have been times in Red Dead Redemption 2 where I've, I've put down the controller and just sort of sat back to look at something. And... Um, I, I'm not saying that that's a, I, I'm not saying that that's a, the, the first time I've ever done that while playing a video game or something like that. But it's it it felt more. I just I felt more convinced by every emotion that I was experiencing. In the past, I think when I've played games and been either you know scared or amused or upset i feel like i've kind of been forcing it or i've been i've been trying to you're playing along um i'm playing along and yeah and trying to trying to think about how i was supposed to be reacting and and then reacting in kind whereas in red dead redemption 2 i think how i was reacting was often quite spontaneous um and i i you know i i it's not like much of a, a critical examination to say you know something made me have an emotion but um, and I'm not going to just repeat the, you know, the oft-repeated axiom, which is, well, what a low bar to clear. I mean, what a disappointingly low bar to clear. Because actually, I actually don't think it's a low bar, um, because there's plenty of things I read and plenty of things I watch and plenty of things, whatever, that, that don't actually said, you know, give me that reaction. I actually think that my response to Red Dead Redemption 2 was really quite sincere and quite genuine and sometimes quite powerfully emotional. And that's not a low bar. I evoke the low um, bar, by the way, I thought about this way back at the beginning. <laughs> I wasn't saying that it's not a good game. I'm saying that the bar is very low in games because so often, like, I think I was saying that in regards to there are multiple... This game, you can write lots of different things about it and say... Oh, yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. just, that's so often just not the case at all. That maybe you could, you know... You and I have both been in the situation where you try to write more than one piece about a game, and sometimes you're like, "There's one thing to say about this right now." It feels like, you know, other people mm. will have different opinions, but for me, I got one reaction. You know, but I, I also think that a lot of the things that get multiple pieces written about them actually don't deserve it. And uh, you know, like how many articles have been written on like fucking Stranger Things? Yeah, or, or Harry Potter, or you know well, what I mean? And I, I that that can move into I, business as well. I don't. I don't necessarily think that having, you know, <clears throat> that being able to write multiple things about something verifies it. No, but but I mean, um, in terms of, um, um, and and not every not everything needs to be this way. But in terms of, you look at a book that you read or a film that was good, and maybe you'll see, I don't know, some action movie that you had a great time watching it, and that was it, you know, and and that's good. That's yeah. fine. Um, but if that's all you had, it would be pretty depressing. Whereas you could have, I don't know, pick your favorite film, Ed, and then maybe you could, this has been written about for years and years and years, and people are are still wanting to engage with it. Um, you know, you can take courses on, on great books, and there's so much to say about them that hasn't been said, even though... You know, uh, they could have come out a century ago or longer. Um, and that's what I mean by 
by to me it's a metric of something to say there's there's so much going on here that I want I want to talk about it and I want to hear what other people have to say about it as well. You know, that's what I mean by that metric. You know? So, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. Um, I, um... Yeah, I, I, I guess I have a, an opinion on that. I, I, I think it's probably best say for a different game or for a different episode. That's um, very... No, but I, I, well, I just, I, I, I sometimes wonder, um, no, I can't really say it without sounding like a monumental piece of shit. I really, when I really you say can't. people write lots of things about Stranger Things and Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't mean that there's a lot to say about Red Dead Redemption by saying, did you catch that? You know the the no the no, I know, no I know and the I know, speculation I know. no 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 I know I mean no, the, these characters are great and I think there are a lot of just individual scenes that are worth writing entire pieces about. Um, you know I I think that whole thing like the Guarma thing and I wrote about it a lot in the piece was like the final you know half hour forty five minutes of it the 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 way it looked and sounded. The soundtrack in this game is exceptional, but like something like that, I think you could you could write a lot about what was going on there. Uh, it was just such a rich scene, um, especially within the context of the rest of the game, aesthetically and thematically. And I think what I feel is, um, I think I think the reason why I'm I'm struggling with that is is just because uh, I'm 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 fatigued by reading responses and and generating responses and i i um i would like to i th- it sounds really counterintuitive considering we're now at the end of this hour long episode but i i i'm kind of i i'm fatigued i'm increasingly suspicious of the process of you know th- something gets released responses about it are published um, opinions are kind of cemented and next and I I I, I, this, I, I just I kind of just want to I, I, I kind of want to have Red Dead Redemption 2 I think to myself or it's, it's one of those things where I um, I'm not I'm not really concerned. I'm not really concerned as to whether it is like monumental. I'm not really concerned as to whether it's significant in a in a, in in a kind of medium relative sense. I'm I'm not concerned yeah, you don't. what it's what it says about games. Well you know? don't have to be. I, I No I know, I know no I know, I know, no one's making me. No no no, I'm not I'm not like answering what you said at all. I mean I I am just saying that I, I, I think that um one of the reasons I've enjoyed playing the game is because I, I've I've not or I've I've tried to resist looking at it in the context of uh, what does this say about video games now, which if I was still working full time as a critic I think I'd be forced to do so, and that that makes me 
a little cynical and a little kind of suspicious of critical responses to it because I think that a lot of them are, are through the lens of um, um, uh, evangelizing and sort of uh, using the game as ammunition in this kind of war of video games against culture. See, I um, we've talked a lot about that sort of what does this what is this within the context of its medium that's not what i care about most with this game that's not um because you know frankly if video games thrive or not um is a very little interest to me uh i like when there are interesting games coming out because i like being stimulated (laughs) Uh, i like i like playing things that uh, engage me on some level like that's that's favorable i think this year especially has been it, it could probably be really easy to uh to uh, be grandiose about red dead because i think this year has been filled with some of the most dire and i think the last few years too just dire examples of of just shoveling it out there um whereas this game feels more more like it was made because people wanted to make it um or there was some some need to some vision behind it and of course that's it's never as simple as that but um but i don't care about that i don't i don't care about what if red dead is significant or if it's you know i i don't care if uh lots of people if there are people who say they hate it i'm interested if they're if they have an interesting viewpoint to know why they hate it i'm not interested if they think it's other open world games are better or something you know um to me what what sticks out to this game for me and this is what i feel like with a lot of games is you know i'll remember that part on the part that takes place in guarma um and sort of the the hateful eight biting part at the beginning um and and some of the stuff toward the end when arthur is uh before the way too long climax um when arthur's sort of at the end of the road like these are things that i find interesting and the music and some of it like the the feelings of it and that's kind of what i think about with everything i play and watch and read is to me it's more about chasing trying to like getting these moments that are (laughs) that make you care about this this art that's been created or entertainment or something it's it's not about the health of a medium Mm -hmm. it's still interesting to talk sometimes about the health of a medium or whatever but like so i agree with you in terms of i'm part of me wanted to and because of the way the site is set up and this is you know be ideal to change this at some point but to make it a bit more flexible to spend more time with some things and less time with others uh I, w- I wanted more stuff on red dead i wanted to write more about it and i wanted to read i wanted to be able to commission some other people's writing on it um because i don't really care about moving on to the next thing you know it feels like and that's kind of the nature of anything where where you take criticism or and and you fit it into a model that gets sucked up by pr cycles and and having to make money off things or just trying to give people something they want to read is 
I would rather have played Red Dead over a much longer time and spent more time thinking about it and talking about it with people. Um, so I know what you mean, but it's not... I don't know. I feel like I'm all mixed up, and I feel like I haven't said a lot of things I wanted to say about this game, too. Well, there's no reason we won't come back to it. I like the gunfights. I see. I really. I know. like. I, I like how brain dead they are. Um, they're not perfect, but they. I like the way that they. Maybe it's I like the way more that they're staged than I like actually engaging with them. I like when the gunfights start in this game usually, and the way they end. I think they usually. The beginning, I think, is a really great one where you're when you're in the snow and you're hiding in the shadows, and uh, you're waiting for. I forget which member of the gang it is. It might be Hosea, to see if he can like smooth talk these guys or not, and you're stand or you're uh, behind cover with your gun out, waiting to see if you have to fire or not, and then it just turns into this big shootout. Um, I think that stuff's good, even though the shooting is like incredibly mindless. Yeah, I can I can take all the the gunfights. I've not really thought about them because I think really, I think they're over reliant on the dead eye mechanic, which I really don't like. It feels like a, a, a holdover from the first game and um, like a, a, a bombastic moment that's at odds with a lot of the rest of the game. And I also I think there's an element of not the Western aesthetic, but just the kind of fictional violence aesthetic. Or something um, that depends on people dying when they get shot, and kind of but the bullets feel a little weak, and it like takes yeah. three or four shots to kill someone. And I, I think that there's something really not just dissatisfying or unsatisfying on a visceral level, but also also narratively, it kind of robs something from the game when when the guns feel quite so undangerous. Um, I agree with you on that. And that so, might be why I like the yeah. beginning and the ends of them. I, I like when the fights right. start and when they, and when it's one person left trying to run away or something. Um, yeah, they could have used some of that. To get back on that, get back on that watch list. They could have used some of those resources to uh, model some limb explosions or something. Just some really nasty stuff, you know. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I, I think the game wants to be more in the tradition of like a a, a a grittier I hate using that but it wants to be sort of more closer to the, the mud and the muck and, and then the gunfights when you're in the thick of them feel a little bit too uh, like spaghetti right yeah yeah they do and um, right about to the beginning of the show you know the fact that you are walking around carrying hundreds upon hundreds of bullets because you have to because you're facing hundreds of enemies who take, you know, multiple bullets each to die. is another one of those incongruities that I think uh, is, a, is at odds and, and, and detrimental to some of the game's other ambitions. Well, it's, um, it's like the fact that they have that whole system where you take your guns from your horse's saddles, um, but mm. your horse <laughs> and Arthur, you know, Arthur still is carrying however many guns. 
um, and your mm. horse is like carrying <laughs> like a ton, a literal mm. ton of equipment of munitions on it. Um, I kind of feel like my shooting game. You 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 get one gun, and you can't pick up any other guns, and there's no like gun swapping. Get- ammunition buying mechanics it's just you have a gun the best thing they took uh the best thing in this game i think it might have been in grand theft auto 5 as well that i think was first time i saw it was max Payne 3 and i wish this game kind of adhered to it more is you have one gun that you can carry one-handed and then a two-handed gun um yeah because it's it's a lot better, especially with how kind of like heavy these characters are, how deliberately they move around. When you see them, you know, holding a revolver and then holding a rifle, but like they can't use it right away. They're just holding it uh, as they're running along. Mm. I like that stuff. Uh, mm. This game is way too long, is one thing I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I think it should be long. I think it is too long. <laughs> you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part where I think that the structure is really great in maybe the first and second chapters, and then it drags real hard, and then it gets really exciting, and then it drags again. Um, or no, it gets really exciting, and then it stays exciting, and then there's a two-part epilogue that's probably like ten hours long, which is too too much. That's a point I wanted to make to you, Ed, to see what you thought. Well, I know that that bit's coming. Yeah, I um, yeah. I mean, what 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 video game isn't too long? Or maybe just ever. Uh, some of the characters suck, but but some are some of the best characters I've ever seen in a video game. There's this whole part where you are, um, I think thematically it's interesting, where you are Dutch sort of starts trying to manipulate. Um, this Lakota, I think I don't think they actually say the name, but I think they speak Lakota reservation into uh, fighting the government in order to kind of he's he's trying to play off the situation to I think to get the heat off of the gang. Um, and the characters, it's an interesting premise, and there's a lot of stuff that's good about it, but it's also the native characters are like extremely, they're just they're just like cutouts they don't get to be real people um Mm -hmm. which is contrasted really poorly against some of the really expressive interesting characters like sadie has that problem as well is she's just a bit too like i'm rejecting uh what you think a woman should be by being i i don't know like esther wright in that piece i think does a good job explaining that but she's kind of an interesting character who's kind of let down by the game. Well, that piece is available on bulletpointsmonthly.com along with three other articles on Red Dead Redemption 2 by yourself, Julie Muncy, and myself covering everything from Arthur Morgan to the game's potentially cinematic ambitions, theatrical ambitions, to the cigarette smoking mechanics and the eating mechanics in the game. So if you're interested in more discussion from us and, and others on Red Dead Redemption 2, 
bulletpointsmonthly.com is where to go. Uh, you can also find our articles on the original Red Dead Redemption there. And on Bullet Points Podcast, you can find our, our show on the original Red Dead Redemption as well. Uh, as well as episodes about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid that we've been doing lately uh, in conjunction with a book we're releasing um, called OK Hero which is at okherobook.tumblr.com and you can find us at bulletpointsvg on Twitter we'll go to patreon.com forward slash bulletpoints if you'd like to donate some money to our upkeep and that's us, that's our episode that's our show that is Um, it we're going to be back next month to look at uh, EA and DICE's Battlefield 5. And then a month after that, we're going to be looking at Hitman, Hitman. 2. But Hitman 2. But until then, this has been Red Dead Redemption 2. I've been Ed Smith. You've been Reed McCarter. What's the capital of Nepal? Hitman 2. Hitman 2. Nice. Very good. Very good. Uh, And this has been the Bullet Points Podcast. Thank you for listening.